Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. When you partner with Axon, you immediately gain access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. We carry all major brands and sizes of tires and wheels. We specialize in large diameter wheels for large equipment. We have one of the largest OEM replacement wheel inventories in North America. Known for extreme flotation setups, duals, and triples, we have wheels for all makes and models of tractors, sprayers, combines, and grain carts. If we don't have the wheel in stock, we'll custom build, sandblast, and paint in-house. There isn't a more vast inventory in North America dedicated to helping dealers move more iron. With facilities on the West Coast and in the heart of the Midwest, leverage our 230,000 square feet of indoor inventory to solve any problem a grower may have. Move more iron with Axon. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800 657 4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving higher time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving higher. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. I've got Parker Johnson back here again from Valley Transportation, and he's nice to come on and talk about what's happening in the world of trucking. So, Parker, how you doing, bud? Good, and yourself, Casey? Not too bad, man. It's uh, yeah. been a uh, little little bit of a, a crazy fall. We've had some cold weather come through, and now we've got some warm, what we call a you know typical fall uh, temperature, I guess, right now. But yeah, I don't know what's like. What's it like up in your neck of the woods right now? Yeah, it's been it's been nice here here this week. Uh, last week, you know, we had days that dipped down into the teens overnight and stuff like that. And uh, we did have a little bit of snow uh, one morning. Uh, the wife didn't want to drive to work, so she, she rode with me that day. And I didn't blame her. It was kind of uh, yeah. kind of a sticky situation out there in spots. Yeah, we had expecting that. You know, it's a little early for that snow word, and uh, you know, there's still guys out here that have crops and stuff and. Yeah. Luckily, this week it's letting people get back into the field again and and uh, get to it. Yeah, yeah, we had a little bit of snow come through here as well. Just it was a heavy wet snow. Usually, this time of the year, when it's that cold, it was pretty cold when it snowed. You just yeah. get that uh, really dry, you know, fluffy blows stuff. Away. You know, blows away. Use your use your leaf blower to clear off your driveway, type of deal. But this was a heavier wet snow, so it was it was a little bit different than normal, but. A lot of stuff going on right now, man. You take a look what's happening. We've got um, 
Now you brought up some a couple pretty good points here that we're going to cover today, but let's start with this one first. So now we're here. We are in tillage season. We're going to see tillage being moved around between now and and spring, depending on field work and when you start that and those kind of things. Tillage is always the toughest thing to move around because you never know exactly um, what the regulations are from one state to another. And if you're moving a piece of equipment across multiple states, it can get pretty expensive. And so I guess, you know, what are some rules of thumb you use, Parker, when you're looking at tillage equipment and moving it around? You know, I mean, the way tillage equipment is anymore, more more often than not, you can't get it down to that magic number of, you know, 12 feet wide to avoid the escorts. Mm-hmm. But if you can if you can keep it around that 14, yeah, you're going to have escorts in certain states, but it makes a big difference compared to, you know, 15, 16, 17 yeah. wide. Yeah. Uh, you know, in some some states like Minnesota, I can't remember if it's like four or 15, six wide, depending on your route, you could potentially get state police escorts, which uh-huh. that gets way more than just your run of the mill, yeah. you know, escort driver, you know, driving yeah. the company pickup. Right. Yeah. Well, tillage equipment. Yeah. I mean, if you need it hauled, I mean, I can help you, but it's going to have to be tore down. You know, you get these 60 foot yeah. field cultivators. I mean, I think they take two loads when they get shipped from the factory, probably. Yeah. But it's it's about the only way to haul them but unless you have a semi with a panel hitch on or something like that and you can pull it yourself then you need nothing just turn your flashing lights on and go right you know, obviously <laughs> trying to be as safe yeah. as possible but right. you don't need any any permits any escorts nothing like that yeah yeah the other thing too about hauling equipment like that tillage equipment like that is that not only just it's the width but it's also the height associated with that because some yeah. of these bridges i've seen a lot of uh youtube videos and and Twitter uh, feeds with uh, something getting ran through a bridge somewhere, and that's that's another a whole level of of uh, trouble there when you something like that happens. Right, exactly. Whatever whatever the height is on the ground, add two feet to it because by the time you get it on a trailer, it's two feet taller. Yeah, yeah. It's, so uh, it's, it's a it's a whole level of stuff at that point. Right. It's it's difficult. I mean, there's been times where it's easier to unfold the field cultivator, whatever it is, set it on the trailer sideways, take the hitch off and the rolling baskets on the back and just stack it. And that's yeah. your best bet. But I mean, it, it takes a lot of time and, you know, you need a forklift on each side to lift it up and back the trailer underneath it. And, yeah. um, you know, unless it's going from a dealer to a dealer, a lot of the times, you know, the end user might not be able to come or help you out enough to, to get it offloaded. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're, that's always a thing too. When you look at some of these tilled pieces that show up on some of these auctions, Unless you're just getting a smoking deal, it, right. it, it's really expensive to move a piece they of They stay local. Yeah, it's any, any distance, even even a few hundred miles, it's, it's right. ridiculously expensive, you know. So yeah, because I mean, you can't hook it up to the one ton pickup. I mean, that'd be a heck of a heck of a tow for it. Yeah, yeah, you really start putting some of that stuff in a in a big situation there. So, yeah. but yeah, that's uh, that's the one thing I was I was when we list something on. Um, a site and you go out there and you look at it and you're wanting to move forward with it. And next thing you know, you've got this, you know, it's going to cost you 15% of the value of the machine to move it across wherever, right. you know, you want it to go. It's just, it gets hard. So take that consideration. When you look at some of these tillage pieces, I mean, make sure that you were talking to a guy like park or something like that before you go out and take a look at what you're doing, because, um, man, it's, yeah, just, it it's could just be really, a, really expensive to move that. Yeah. Costly deal for you. Yeah. And the For worst sure. part is a lot of times you don't know what the dimensions are going to be until you get it completely tore down. I mean, yeah. you might look at it and be like, all right, start measuring here and here. Well, I think it'll be that wide, but, well, you forgot you forgot that back disc gang or something like that. Yeah. It's a little bit wider than the brain. Yeah, yep. For sure. 
for sure. So, well, you brought up another good point too. I think that's worth talking about. It kind of goes into this situation here that we're going down. Is you've talked about a lot of uh, a couple times now that we've done this about some brokerage stuff and brokerage yep. companies and what that looks like. And there's you're starting to see, um, like you, you said, you read some stuff somewhere where you started to see some of these brokerage companies just just went out of business just like overnight, basically, and left some of these trucks out there with with uh, freight that need to be paid for that that they're not even in business anymore to, to pay for when they get there. So I guess talk a little bit about that and that what you're seeing there kind of start to develop. Right. Yeah. Like I've, I've said it so many times, you know, know who's hauling your equipment and who you're getting quotes from and stuff like that. And um, I've read a few different, few different articles where some of these brokers companies, I mean, they're just, they're, they don't have any semis. They just have guys in, sitting behind the computer, you know, moving freight on other companies, which we have a broker's department as well. But we're an asset-based company, you know, first off, you know, we have the trucks and trailers. That's kind of our backup plan for if we don't have a plan for your load. But these other guys, they're banking on all these other carriers to haul their stuff. Well, a couple of them, yeah, overnight, close the doors, everybody's laid off, fired, whatever. And you got all these trucks carrying equipment or whether it's, you know, egg construction, it might be van trailer stuff, you don't know. And, yeah, these guys are getting stuck with, what's the load they, they deliver it and then they don't get paid for it because the company is bankrupt yeah it's gone yeah and we've we've uh we've ran into that now a couple times with our company too is the brokers will be calling us to move something while we do a background check on it like no red flags everywhere like ain't mm-hmm. touching it you know you, you don't want to want to be the guy getting stuck you know doing somebody else's stuff for free yeah for sure and then you start looking at some of these drivers that are just taking these jobs and that could very well also bankrupt them as well because of the cost right. that came with them. I mean, you think that one load's not a big deal, but you think about fuel and insurance and, and the various other costs that are associated with that, that operation. It, right. Those add up pretty quick when you start looking right. at that. And, and in one of the articles, mm-hmm. they kind of had a, uh, a segment on one carrier. It was just a, just a one man show. He did a bunch of stuff for this this broker. Well, you know, he might get paid at thirty days. Well, he might have done four or five loads with them in that thirty days. And they owed him a pile of money. Well, it bankrupted him too. I mean, he had to sell his truck and trailer. Like he couldn't afford to pay his bills anymore. Right. With all the money that he was owed, and he wasn't going to get it. Yeah. I mean, it's a bad deal. It's you know, the carriers out there need to be paying attention to who they're taking loads from as well. Right kind of goes back to the old adage you know it's you don't always get the best deal because it's the cheapest deal right you, know, you gotta really pay attention to what you're talking about and so i know we've talked about this a million times on here but i mean i think it's worth reiterating parker you, you just talked about a little bit ago you do some background stuff on some of these carriers that call or some of these brokerage companies that call you and want to work with you guys what are some of the things that you're looking for when you talk to these companies you know, it's, it's, I don't run the reports, but I mean, it's basically a, it's, it's a background check. It has their credit, you know, it, their days to pay all that different stuff, you know, how much business they actually do. You know, it's, it's anything that, you know, a bank might be looking at, you know, if, if we we're trying to take out a loan, basically. Yeah. And that's exactly what it's doing is we're giving them a loan. You know, they're paying us back at 30 days. You know, we're just making sure that they got the, they got the credit to, to get us paid. Yeah. So is there an easy place for folks to go look that kind of stuff up? You know, I don't know that. I'd have yeah. to I'd have to dig into that a little bit more. I think we have to pay for a service. Sure. I think probably. there's a company that we use 
I mean, you can you can Google uh, a company's information and they give you a little bit of background on them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it has like their financials and stuff on there or anything like that. Sure. Yeah. It'll, it might tell you like, you know, how many trucks they have. I mean, if you look up a brokerage company, obviously it's probably going to say zero, but you know, that'd be a good way to start. Yep. And there's, there's enough chatter out there on the internet too. When someone gets, uh, gets hosed that they can, that it'll, it always surfaces somewhere about somebody. I seen a, I seen a TikTok video the other day, a van trailer pulled into, I can't remember the name of the brokerage company. It's a big one though. And he pulled in and had, on the side of his van trailer, pay me the eight grand that you owe me and just parked right in the fucking parking lot. <laughs> no totally joke. Exactly. <laughs> okay. All the all yeah. the people, all the employees are sitting there videotaping him out their windows, you know. Right. And there he is just driving around their parking lot. Fun way to do he, it. Yeah. Pay me my eight grand. Yeah. That's uh, that's one way to do it. Get enough attention drawn to you like that. You see your letter, you know the old. What's your right. it's, it's, it's a, it's a huge, huge brokerage company, too. Yeah, yeah. But. Plenty, yeah. Well, that's plenty of things to pay attention to. So again, when you're picking someone to to work with, man, make sure they're reputable. Make sure they're uh, someone like a valid transportation that can absolutely show you what to do. Because how many trucks do you guys have? You know, around that one eighty, one ninety range, something like yeah. that. Yes, when you're when you're running that many trucks, you're gonna have that's a that's a reputable place to take a look at. So make sure you, make sure you reach out to Park when you start looking at your stuff. What's going on there? Okay. All right, man. So we are fastly approaching that peak holiday season here. We got Thanksgiving just a couple of weeks down the road here. You we got, got your Christmas tree up yet? No, no. But I know where you can buy one. They they, they sure have them for sale. <laughs> my buddy's girlfriend put on her snapchat the other day there's putting her stuff on november 1st i was like yeah why? it's it's so Sorry, early i can get scrooge or something like that but yeah I can get a little longer it gets earlier and earlier every year i mean it was uh there was christmas decorations next to the halloween candy at the place the uh, place here in town so i was like man this is ridiculous this is a little bit ridiculous but we're getting close to that time frame and not only is it um, you know, people want time off to spend with family, but it's also a lot of states do a lot of different stuff when it comes to over with regulations, especially during these time frames. And there's there's certain days, um, usually it's the day before and the day after a holiday that they, you can't haul any kind of uh, uh, wide loads and those kind of things. But you know, I guess Parker, what are some of the some of the you know best practices that you see during this time frame to make sure that you get your stuff from point A to point B? Yeah, I mean, just, you know, give us as much notice as possible and then just be be prepared, which, I mean, everybody is. You know, they understand the holidays, you know, sure. slow things down. You know, drivers want to be home, then, yeah, just the just the travel restrictions with, the, with most of the states, you know, on, on Thanksgiving, there's usually, majority of the states, there's no travel, you know, whether it's yeah. all day the day before or, or afternoon that day and, you know, Friday, Black Friday, they might be, you know, there's so much travel around. They want to keep the roadways as safe as possible, you know? Yep. And, um, and the same with, same with Christmas, you know, it gets, it gets tough around Christmas. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what day it is this year. I don't know if it's on, is it on a Sunday or a Monday? I can't remember. Uh, I think it's, I think it's a Sunday. I think. Yeah, I think so too. And it's, it's so most of the, it'll probably be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, no travel Tuesday, maybe. Um, we'll find that out when the time gets closer, but you know, it's just something to, something to think about if you got some, Something coming your way, you know, in the in the future. Yeah, yeah. it's on a Monday this year. Monday this is Monday. Monday. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. 
they'll have you know Sunday. Obviously, they'll shut that down, but they'll they'll take another day of the week usually when it's on a weekend like that to make sure yeah. that they can do that. So again, it's all about planning and making sure you know what you got where you need it. Yeah, and then like you said, you know, we just had some bad weather, surprisingly, and yeah. and that's going to be coming coming yeah. before too long again yeah. as well. And, and that's another another curveball we have to throw into it here and there. You know, uh, out west you get some of them states with higher elevation. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're already getting snow. Yeah, you know, we get them passes on some of the mountains that are going to be shut down, and so that uh, that definitely plays into what we what we got coming up too. You know, making sure we we take the right right route if we're going to California, whether it's worth going the north route or going south and staying away from that mess. Yeah, and so we'll be, we'll be dealing yeah. with that until springtime. Yeah, yeah, and then you'll start looking at it from a perspective of: Do you have um, is that juice worth the squeeze when you're looking at? Are you adding a bunch of different miles to do that to make that happen? So it's going to be, yeah. you know, what's that look like? What's your time frame look like? And yeah. uh, I guess this is one of those times of the year where, you know, planning a way ahead of what you what you think you're going to need <clears throat> when you're going to need it, um, it's going to pay off for you in the long run. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's yeah, talk a little about all cool oh, stuff coming up. Yeah. No kidding. Right. No kidding. All right, let's talk a little bit of stuff on the fuel front. As you guys look around right now from the diesel fuel perspective, what are you seeing out there right now? And are you are you feeling like, you know, our prices coming back in, the, in a better, kind of a better shape than they've been maybe in the last six months? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're definitely leveled off and I think maybe coming down a little bit. Um, you know, I, I kind of pay attention to uh, one of our, one of our higher up guys sends an email out every every week, like here's the national fuel average, and it stayed pretty flat for a while. But you know, gas at the pump, you know, I've noticed is coming down a little bit around here. Yeah. So that's that's nice. Hopefully, diesel follows, and um, you know, the fuel fuel prices definitely affect the price of hauling equipment, and, and uh, it's gotten so competitive lately. You know, with the last month was a good month. We we moved a lot of freight, but. Um, before that, you know, we were having a bit really competitively to get, get this freight and stuff like that to keep our trucks rolling. And there was, there was quite a shortage of freight there for a little while and, you know, you got an abundance of trucks. So, yeah. so, I mean, the prices are, uh, prices are definitely better than what they were. That's good. The other thing too, I've always, I've kind of been worried about here of late is just that's kind of fixing this price that we're seeing price per mile thing is, is the insurance costs that we're seeing just because of, of, especially on the equipment side how expensive some of the stuff is that you're hauling. Well, most of the stuff is that you're hauling around. Yeah. I go, so as you're, as you're looking at, at those insurance kind of, you know, rates and those kind of things and the amount of insurance you got to carry now compared to maybe what you had to carry, you know, three years ago, how's right. that playing into this and this factor? I don't know if it really affects the, <clears throat> it doesn't really affect the price on, you know, per mile, you know, hauling down the road, but obviously it's in the back of our mind all the time. Like, you know, we had a meeting about it not that long ago. It was just a standard meeting to tell everybody, like, here's how much it's costing a truck to run down the road. You figure in, you know, your obviously your fuel, your driver pay, you know, you kind of figure in, you know, wear and tear on the vehicles, but it's so small, you know, tires. But obviously you got them fixed costs like insurance due every month, you know. So it it doesn't really affect the price of hauling equipment, but it's obviously affecting the or for the end user anyway, but it affects us, you know, like I said, monthly. So, yeah. I mean, that, that price is, or that payment's just always there. Yep. Yeah, that's always just kind of a fixed cost, and it just kind of builds up yeah. there, no matter what happens. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely higher than it has been, but obviously equipment is 
way higher than it has been. I mean, yeah. even the past couple of years, used equipment is worth way more than what it was a few years ago. Yeah, for sure. Now we used to have fifty thousand dollar track, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollar tractors. Now they're worth one twenty. Yeah, maybe they're starting to come down, but you know, you could have bought a, a seventy thousand dollar, you know, eight thousand series. Well, now it's one hundred and ten, one hundred and twenty. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know it's it's uh, we're starting to see some of that settling down, kind of what we saw blow up there a little bit ago. But I guess this is something I've I've kind of talked about a little bit and wrote a few articles about, but. You know, when you're looking at, when I look at the economy, I don't see the factors that we see in, in front of us now. Um, that the economy is, is, is quote unquote bad. I see it as there's this kind of a, a this premium that got put on everything right. in 21, 22, and tw- you know, even in you know the first part of 23, it's starting to come off, and it's just you know kind of shocking the system. The the bubbles, you know, got a got a pinprick in it, and slowly letting some air out. Hopefully, it doesn't just pop. But um, as you're looking at what's going on there. What are you feeling right now when you see the freight that you guys were were seeing? You know, where are you feel like freight is backed off, leveled out, picked up? I mean, what where do you from on the equipment side? Like, where do you see that that plane in there? I mean, this this year compared to last year, definitely down. I mean, the numbers you look in our computer every single day, and there used to be four hundred loads in the computer every single day. I mean, some would leave, more would come in. I mean, it just kept on and on. Right. Um, the numbers are down quite a bit this year, but. I'd have to look to see if our load count compared to last year is much lower, but we've been picking things up so fast that yeah. it doesn't have time for that load list to just continue to grow. Yeah. So the number, the price per mile is definitely down. You know, we're not, the fuel isn't as high. The availability for trucks is more. It means it's easier to find trucks. Right. Last year, when fuel was super high, you couldn't find a truck, so you had to price stuff as high as you could to, you know, make it more desirable for a driver to haul it compared to a, something different. Right. So yeah. I don't know. It's last month was a lot better than the previous two months for sure. Yeah. But, yeah, I think there's a, and that's kind of what I feel a little bit too. I don't know that that it's contracting to the point where. Hey, you know, this things are happening. I think just some of this, it's normalizing. I think it's probably the best way to put it. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> things aren't going crazy. You don't have all this, you know, thing out there. And man, you know, interest rates are, are driving a lot of that too, you know, where we see happening. So, you know, as I look at it, I, I, I'm anticipating, you know, 23 to go out on a grid note. 24, in my opinion, is going to be a good year by all means, uh, by every, every measure that's there. Yeah. What I think is going to be the big issue with that is, is it going to be as good as the previous three years? No, I don't think so. But it's still going to be a good year. And I think that where we're going to see some some real static is that I I really anticipate seeing uh, you know twenty to 35% reduction in the value of used equipment just because of, again, some of these premiums that we've seen put on there, some of this normalizing the price right. is going to start taking place. So. And you know, there's, what, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of equipment on the lots, isn't there? It seems oh yeah. like it's starting, it's starting to build back up. Use equipment's yeah. still building, yeah, you know, yeah, across the board. So and it's, it's not changing. Think, you know. I think auction guys are staying busy. I think oh, they yeah. got a lot of sales yeah. coming up. Yep. Yeah, the auction things, it's a, it's a weird animal right now, man. If you take a look what's driving some of the auction marketplace, it's not necessarily. I mean, obviously, the equipment side of it, uh, just the, the number, the amount of equipment out there is doing that, but. A lot of these guys, you take a look at what they're doing. I've talked to a lot of auctioneers where a lot of the stuff that that's being 
auctioned right now that they see happening in some of their sales or booking is there might be, you know, just say, for example, there's there's 12 tractors on the auction. Three or four of those may have not even made it to the dealership. They're just taking it straight to the auction. Right. And that's because, you know, there's the interest holding costs, those kind of things that are associated with those. So it'll be, uh, 24 is going to be interesting what happens. You know, if, if the Fed comes out and says, hey, you know what, we, we, interest rates are too high now, and we're going to start backing off, you know, somewhere, you know, end of first quarter, first or second quarter or something like that, you could see all of a sudden things go from being, you know, 7.5% interest to, you know, they might go down to 65 or 6% interest rates or something like that. Yeah. I think that would spur a lot of people to start thinking about maybe, oh, man, I'm going to go back in and trade my seven and a half percent off for six and a half percent. For know? sure, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, on a, on a seven hundred, eight hundred thousand dollar combine, that one percent yeah. is big. That's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. It, it makes a it makes a difference in what you're looking at, and I think I mean, just it wouldn't take much. I mean, if even it got down to like, I couldn't imagine going from seven and a half percent interest down to five or five and a half percent, right? And what that would look like, that would be a, a huge game changer. So. No, we might see that in 24. Um, yeah, I don't know if it'll be that dramatic. But, I mean, some of the big guys, I think, obviously, they, they trade equipment no matter what. That's just what they do. But, you know, like for the smaller guy, like, you know, last year my dad was buying buying some different stuff. And, and this year, I, that I don't think he's even thought about, you know, right. trying to upgrade anything. You know, that that, yeah. that uh, operating note and just uh, just uh, interest in general on, on any equipment is just, it's hard. It's yeah. hard to deal with. Yeah. Well, you've seen so many guys that had two and a half or three percent interest on the note that they had, and they're going to trade that in for seven and a half. I mean, it's just one of those things where it's just a hard. It's just there's a lot of moving parts there, and kind of back to your point is like, you don't really need it. You don't yeah. really need to upgrade it. Um, yeah. A lot of guys are just saying, "I'll just going to fix it." You know, yeah, I'll, I'll just I'll pay the interest on my my uh, uh, operating line, and we'll just go from there. So. Retirement auctions, I've, I've noticed, have, have uh, kind of been picking up around here. I think, okay. you know, more than I've I've seen in the past. Uh, I just went on an auction uh, <laughs> just down the road from us. They got a, some auctions coming up, and I think there's like two or three retirement auctions here yet this year. Yeah, and that's that's another thing too that I was I'm surprised there hasn't been more of. There was quite a bit of that during COVID. Obviously, there was estate yeah. sales and auction sales and those kind of things. But I really thought when things normalized back out we started seeing some uh, opportunity for guys it's kind of i, I kind of got what i was going to get and, and made made my uh, amount of money that i needed to make and, and start doing that there'd be more of that but you're starting to see that now i think more more than more where you've got you know the 65 year old 70 year old whatever and they're kind of weighing what's going on around them and no one's coming back they're kind of looking at that from a perspective of man i think there's a lot this is probably my best time to get out, and and I think you're seeing you're probably, that. You're probably right there. It probably is a good time to get out if if that's what you're thinking. But you know, the problem is, I think there's kids that want to come back and do it, but they ain't got the they ain't got the capital to yeah. just dive right in. You know. Yep. It's it's hard to. I mean, it's hard for myself just to kind of you know wean myself into it. You know, and mm-hmm. and uh, especially with prices like this year, you know that that changed a lot in the the. Uh, the bushels just weren't there and stuff like that. It's, it, it, it was it was a little bit of a harder year than I was expecting it to be. But but yeah, I mean it's it's hard to it's hard to try and get in you know on, on the ground floor and, and and go balls to the walls. You just can't. Yeah. 
Yep. It does. It's a very capital intense business, you know, and, and, uh, it takes, uh, it takes a lot to make it work. And, and those, um, operations that are in a good position to, to, to move in and buy some stuff, you're going to see, so I think you'll see an opportunity where there's, uh, a more of a multi-generational boom, I think, when you start looking at some of these operations where there's the guy that's got the 2,000 acres or the 3,000 acres right. that, you know. But I, I think the other side of that, too, is I watch this happen quite a bit around around where I'm at. More guys are not interested in selling their land as much as they are cash renting it. And I think right. you're, you're starting to see some more of that. Because, you know, the way they look at it, it's, it's a... You know, it's a revenue stream. And I can pay the right. taxes on it and take as long as you don't owe a lot of money on it. I think you can make that work. You know, just yeah. by renting out. But but depending on what you what your payments are on that property, yeah. you know, I mean, if your payments are four or five hundred dollars and you have to make four or five hundred dollars an acre on rent, mm-hmm. it's hard to find somebody to want to pay that. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, there, there's a. Um, I had a podcast not too long ago with with some folks on here that were talking about they started doing that. And it was uh, um, kind of what showing like what's what's the fair value of, of rent right now? What's that look like, and 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 how is that being calculated, and what that is? And oddly enough, they said that it wasn't necessarily the highest bidder that was winning every time. More nine times out of ten, that wasn't the person. It was the guy down the street that they or down the road that they you know they knew the right. knew him growing up or whatever, and they wanted that they wanted him to have that, and they. Right, so some big corporate, you know, yeah. cooperative or whatever. Yeah, sure. So start to see some of that too. So be interesting to watch how this plays out over the next three or four years, and and how much of this land doesn't necessarily change hands as far as ownership goes, but changes hands as far as as who's actually farming that. So be interesting to watch that work out. And that being you said, don't, you don't want to get rid of your property. I mean, that's that's the biggest asset you oh, have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you can, uh, if you don't owe money on it and you can keep it and not have to worry about it and just collect rent, I mean, yeah, your money ahead because who knows what the property value will do in you know, five, ten years yeah. and will sure. continue to keep going. Yeah, it's hard to tell. For me, trying to buy yeah. property, I hope it doesn't. But <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. So. <laughs> well. Park, that's probably a good place to stop, man. If, yeah. if, if folks want to reach out to you and get more information about what's going on at Valley Transportation, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, give me a call at 800-657-4910 or shoot me an email at pjohnson at valleytransinc.com. Right on, man. And uh, look forward to seeing you guys again down in uh, Nashville. Moving Iron Summit will be coming up here again. Already hard to believe we're planning for November 24, but that's, that's when. Uh, it's going to be November or September? Yeah, November this year. Yeah, we have, okay, give me a little later then. Had to get a had to jump through a few hoops. Didn't like some dates, so I picked November. So I think that'll be. Uh, I think it would be a little better time this year than than what we had in the past. Sure, Let's yeah. see what happens. So, no, that'll be great. All right, man. Well, Parker, I appreciate you being the podcast man. We'll look forward to talking to you next month. All right, appreciate it, Casey. Thank you. All right, on. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. Go to LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast and go to uh, LinkedIn. Uh, I'm sorry, go to the video version of this on YouTube channel, which is the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel. Go to movingironllc.com for everything Moving Iron related. Got some bigger announcements coming out here over the next couple of months, so you'll be able to see that there. And also, I have a new website hopefully here by January, so check that out. So, with that, I'm Casey Seymour with Parker Johnson. To move some iron, folks. Out. When you partner with Axon, you immediately gain access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. 
We carry all major brands and sizes of tires and wheels. We specialize in large diameter wheels for large equipment. We have one of the largest OEM replacement wheel inventories in North America. Known for extreme flotation setups, duals, and triples, we have wheels for all makes and models of tractors, sprayers, combines, and grain carts. If we don't have the wheel in stock, we'll custom build, sandblast, and paint in-house. There isn't a more vast inventory in North America dedicated to helping dealers move more iron. With facilities on the West Coast and in the heart of the Midwest, leverage our 230,000 square feet of indoor inventory to solve any problem a grower may have. Move more iron with Axon. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving higher, time and time.